When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots post-game show. I'm your host, Mike Molyneux, alongside my co-host, Marvin Azan. Fourth quarter comeback for the New England Patriots at home, taking on the Houston Texans. Final score, 36-33. to Tom Brady, in my opinion, you know, I know football is different from the, from the NBA, and there's, there's a lot more players and plays that goes into, you know, winning a football game. But in my opinion, Tom Brady is the Michael Jordan of the National wow. Football League. The way that guy performs under pressure, you know, two-minute drill pretty much to end this game. And he puts the team on his back. Obviously, you know, he's passing the ball who got to guys who have to make the receptions and pick up the yards. But Tom Brady, you know, with zero fear in his eyes, you know, he just marches down the field with his teammates and is able to pick up the win against the Texans. Anybody who's been watching the Patriots for a very long time, when it was that two-minute drill, Tom Brady leading his troops, you kind of had no worries. Like, you knew Brady was going – you know, the circumstances weren't right. But you knew Brady, ice in his veins, was going to carry these guys. And he delivered a hell of a performance in the final two minutes. But great game, Mike. 36-33. Texans brought out a fight that we didn't think – I didn't think it was going to happen. Their offense has been really subpar these past few weeks. And then all of a sudden, they dropped 33 points on the Patriots defense. There's a lot to get to in this game, a lot of things that happened. We definitely want to hear from you guys as well. We are live. So, you know, shoot us some questions and we can we can have this discussion about what happened during this game. But Mike started off. First half, Brady looked like he was cooking three touchdowns again in the first half. But Houston was staying along. What did you see from this Houston's this Houston team in general? Obviously, we know about the guys up front for uh, for the Houston Texans, you know, the Clownies, uh, the Watts, you know, these guys were able to put a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. And one thing, you know, we've always talked about, if you're able to put pressure on a quarterback, you know, I don't care if it's Tom Brady, I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, you know, you know, Eli Manning, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If a team is able to have guys up front put pressure on a quarterback, it's going to be a tough and rough day uh, for any quarterback in the NFL. And that's exactly what the, you know, the Houston Texans were doing with their guys up front. Get into Tom Brady, putting him in the dirt, you know, just knocking over the offensive line, just getting into Tom Brady whenever they felt like, it seemed. And, I mean, as much as Tom Brady could do with his team, they held on for the most part to give him enough protection to, to lead to this comeback that happened later on in the game. But, obviously, what we saw from the offensive line is something that we don't want to see moving forward, especially when you have an old quarterback like Tom Brady, a guy who's not very really, – very mobile in the pocket you know he's not going to run for too many plays so you want to make sure he has the best protection uh, as, as as possible but the Houston Texans were able to get to him a couple times a game like this is where you miss a guy like Edelman because you know when Brady's getting rushed so quickly the first person he looks for is Edelman who can create space and that really Brady a lot of trouble like you said he got sacked he got sacked five times this game 
three times where he fumbled it. Luckily, it got recovered twice. One time it was a fumble. It got returned back. Conley returned it back for a touchdown. So this defense was all over Brady. And then you could see that start to affect Brady's play. His passes were short. He wasn't connecting with the receivers. And we all know, you know, Brady is, a, like you said, you call him the Michael Jordan of the league. He's the GOAT in our opinion. Mm -hmm. But we all know, you know, for the longest time now, if you can rattle Brady, you can get to him a little bit and he'll start missing. And that's what the Houston Texans game plan has been for the past couple of years now. They've been really good at getting to Brady. You got guys like JJ Watt, Clowney, who you mentioned, Marcellus. You got they have a lot of guys who you can't double team. You gotta play one on one. And Texans defense won that matchup. Brady, but still had a great game. 21, 25 for 35, 378 yards, five touchdowns. He was spreading the ball all over the place. And a guy we can finally talk about Mike Cooks had a hell of a game. He went for five receptions, 131 yards, and two touchdowns. And the biggest one was the last touchdown of the game where he beat – who did he beat in that play? Damn, I forget. I'm, just, I'm so riled up. But <laughs> whoever it was, it was a hell of a pass by Brady and a hell of a reception, reception for him to yep. hold on to the ball as best as possible and keep his two feet inbounds while he was in the end zone. Brandon Cooks was unbelievable. Finally getting usage. You know, we can finally see that Brady-Cooks connection happening. Five or seven, 131 yards. He's just – the guy has speed, and he's going to be – really big. Amendola, huge play on a third and 18 in the fourth quarter. He's always Mr. Clutch, Mike. Amendola, so when, when you need him the most, Amendola's there. Another great game by Chris Hogan as well. Four, four receptions, 68 yards, two touchdowns. He really used all his receivers in this game, Mike. You know, he, he spread the ball around. He definitely spread the ball around. Obviously, you know, a guy that we he just talked about in Cooks, you know, you knew it was a matter of time that he was going to get involved. You can't let a talent like that just go throughout the, the rest of the season and have any subpar performances. You knew that there was going to be a game where he was going to explode. And today was the first of possibly many that we will be seeing uh, with the Brady and Cooks uh, connection. Five receptions again for 131 yards two touchdowns and yes it's only five receptions uh he was targeted what seven times so a good game but his speed my goodness his speed is a huge factor for the for the Patriots and what the offense is able to do just finding him the ball and you know he has that breakaway speed where he could just lose a defender and, and charge right down the field to the end zone and on top of that if Brady looks for him down the field it's very possible that those pass interference uh, calls can be made, which also gives the Patriots, uh, you know, good field position depending on where the, uh, the interference happens. You got to give a lot of credit to what those guys were able to do today. And like I said, Brady was able to spread the ball around. You know, he wasn't focused in on one guy. You know, Gronkowski led the team with 10 targets, but, you know, Cooks right there was seven, Hogan right there was six, Amendola right there was uh, five targets, you know. He made sure to keep everybody involved. You know, usually when Edelman plays, there's some games where Edelman's seeing 14, 15 yep. targets, you know, and, you know, leads to some wins for the Patriots. But when you have a game like today where you can keep the, the defense on the toes or who, who's Brady really focused in on, you know, it's not just Gronkowski. It's not just Hogan. It's not just Amendola. You know, you got to keep the, the defensive backs guessing on and, the you know, the, the defensive coaches as well as, as to who Brady's really locked in on. But – you know, with all that good happening, offensive side of the ball, defensively, another game where, you know, you have to look at the Patriots and what they're doing on defense and just say, how is this able to happen? You know, huge stat coming into the day. 
you know, was, was how, you know, Belichick and the Patriots are able to perform against rookie quarterbacks, you know, especially playing at Gillette Stadium. But you got to give a lot of credit to, 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 to Sean Watson and what he was able to do today, you know, stepping in Gillette Stadium. He's 22 of 33, threw for 100 and, uh, 301 yards and two touchdowns. He did throw two interceptions. But he played with a lot of confidence. He didn't seem like he had too much fear, you know, scrambling in the pocket, picking up yards. You know, the guy was all over the place. He seemed like did not have too much fear of Gillette Stadium and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and that Patriots, you know, red, white, and blue standing across from him. He seemed like he had a lot of confidence, a lot of poise in the pocket. You know, coming into this game, you, you we heard the stat, Patriots are 8-0 when a rookie comes into Gillette. And – but Sean Watson said, I don't give a damn about that statistic. He was balling. Like you said, you said the numbers, Mike, but it was the intangibles. Every time you felt like the Patriots were about to sack Watson, he found a way to, you know, squeak by and get that extra yardage. He found the tight ends. He found the right guys at the right moments. He made the right plays. He had, he won, he had one bad in the second quarter. Other than that, the guy played honestly flawlessly. He took up – he tore apart this Patriots defense, and DeAndre Hopkins being his number one receiver with seven receptions, 76 yards. Mike, going into this game, you're thinking you have Malcolm Butler, you have Stephon Gilmore, you have a real tandem here. You're thinking Revis and Browner back in 2014, but you have Butler, who barely's playing now. Didn't see much of Butler this game. Stephen Gilmore... He had an interception. We got to talk about that later. He had a good interception, but getting beat by receivers too. This secondary has not been great. McCordy's been out there doing his best. He got beat by a tight end Griffin earlier in this game as well. So the secondary hasn't got it together yet, Mike, and that's quite concerning, especially when you don't have a terrific pass rush yet. Exactly. I mean, the secondary, the pass rush, I think everything just has its question marks, but for sure, when you look at the secondary coming into the season, you know, knowing how Butler has performed the last couple of years, and then getting a guy like Gil Gilmore, you were, everyone was thinking, you know, this Patriots secondary was going to be one to be feared, you know, across the NFL. But what we've seen throughout the, the preseason and these first three games of the regular season, there's nothing to really be scared of when it comes to Patriots in their secondary. I mean, obviously, like you said, you've had a couple of – of spots where Gilmore's had a nice play, maybe Butler, you know, flexions, Gilmore had the interception today. But for the most part, there hasn't been any real shutdown, lockdown performances happening from Gilmore or Butler or anybody on the secondary. Uh, it's, it's, it's shocking to me that, <clears throat> that Watson was able to have as, as much success as he was uh, today against the Patriots and the secondary. You just feel like if he is able to do this, against the Patriots, you know, as he progressed during the season, obviously uh, Drew Brees had some luck as well. I mean, we all know about the Saints defense, you know, that just made things easy for the Patriots, what Tom Brady was able to do. But Drew Brees had a decent game against the Patriots. You know, Watson had a, a pretty solid game for a rookie against Alex the Patriots Smith. today. Alex Smith tore the Patriots up. Is this just going to be a reoccurring theme throughout the regular season? doesn't matter if the quarterback is elite like Drew Brees or a rookie like Watson. Our quarterback's just going to be able to feast against this Patriots secondary as the season goes on? It's – this defense always starts off slow, so we can't overreact. But 
when you're giving up 300 yards, 400 yards, 300 yards to a rookie at home, especially when their offensive line is one of the worst in the league, Mike. You thought this would be a game. I was thinking going to this game. This is a game where Patriots can get their confidence up in the defense. You're facing a rookie and a weak offensive line. They should be able to, you know, get a couple sacks, really disrupt him. But Watson was really poised out there. And they he had all the time in the world at times, man. All the time in the world to pick apart this defense. And we've been talking about it for years, but it seems to be bored by the Patriots defense. And now it seems to catch up to them where you're letting up 30-plus points a game and you're forcing Brady in this offense to really – pace which we believe going into the season the Patriots will be able to do but this defense is not there you gotta remember no high tower as well you know you, you're, you're missing some key players you're missing your a leader in there but this defense right now is it's wishy-washy Mike and Patricia <laughs> Patricia got some work to do and the schedule is not going to get any easier you're still you're facing another dual quarterback next week in Cam Newton yeah I mean Cam Newton Personally, how he's been performing this season because he is on my fantasy team. Hopefully, the Patriots should have an easier time going up against Carolina. I mean, they are coming into New England and playing at Gillette Stadium, so you do have that home field advantage. Uh, but I think, you know, looking at what Carolina and Cam Newton and this, their offense in total has been doing so far this season, there shouldn't be too much fear, you but know. This Houston offense that's hasn't what, been doing that's what, I'm getting, that's what I'm getting to. Compared to what Carolina's been doing all season, it hasn't been, you know, they haven't been putting up great numbers. But they're coming into New England, and they're facing a defense that has struggled. Maybe that's a week where Cam Newton finally gets on page with his receivers, his running backs, and the whole offense starts to click because you're going up against a Patriots defense that has struggled against the Drew Breeses of the world and the rookies like Watson. So it's going to be tough to see, you know, like I said, I know personally Carolina and Cam Newton has not been performing, you know, since the season has started. But up into New England and have a performance similar. Cam, Cam Newton is not a rookie. Cam Newton is not Deshaun Watson. You know, they, they play, you know, similar. Their style is similar with they, what they're able to do with their arm and their legs. But Cam Newton is not Deshaun Watson. And, you know, coming into New, uh, New England next week, you can see a performance from Cam Newton that kind of duplicates what he was doing during his MVP season. But with that being said, as great as the Patriots offense was today, one area where, you know, didn't get talked about too much and didn't perform at a high level, you know, because of just the situation and Brady having an amazing game and having the connection with receivers, the running backs had a silent game today. You didn't have any big performances coming out of Galissi or, or White or Lewis, you know, Burkhead. Burkhead was inactive, but, you know, who was the leader for the Patriots, rushing for 12 times, uh, 31 yards. Uh, James White ran for uh, five carries for 17 yards. You know, they didn't do much on the ground. And also in the passing game, you know, Deion Lewis was the leader out of the running backs with three receptions for 12 yards and James White one reception for 11 yards. Not too much coming out of the running backs in this game. And I honestly – it wasn't needed with the connection Brady was having with Amendola and Hogan and Gronkowski and Cooks. You know, you didn't need the running backs as much as you, you they usually had. It was quite surprising to me, honestly, Mike. When you go up against – when the Patriots go up against a strong defense, usually the ones who Brady uses the most to get those mismatches. You know, Patriots are all about mismatching. When you have the guy like – you know, there wasn't no Rex Burkhead today. 
but you have Dion Lewis, you have James White. I thought the Patriots should utilize them more. And give credit to the Texans, they did a really good job at stopping the run. They early on, Patriots tried to, you know, force it with James White and Galicia, but Texans really stopped them. JJ Watt was all over the place to start off the game. And I think that just changed up what Josh McDaniels wanted to do. And he went away from the running backs. And like you said, the receivers, Brady was starting to have connections with the receivers and went with them. But it was still quite shocking to see how many receptions, only one reception, one target. Deion Lewis, only three targets, and it only went for 12 yards. So the Texans did a good job in their scheme and stopping the running backs from really taking over this game where you usually see Brady and James White are the, that connection's there for the past couple of games. You've seen that connection there without Burkhead. You, you know, that Deion Lewis, we know what he's capable of only one target. What was that game plan? What the defense was doing? I don't know, but somehow, some way they came up with the, they came up with the win. It wasn't pretty. The office wasn't pretty easy, pretty <laughs> easy. <laughs> the offense wasn't pretty. pretty either. Yes. And, you know, they struggled a lot. So sometimes it was third and short. They couldn't convert those third and shorts. And that's what Patriots have been so good at. Gronkowski, you know, it shows how important Gronk is to this team. Without Gronk, you're not winning this game. And, you know, there was reports out that his groin, whether you'll play or not, he came up. But Gronk is Gronk. You need this guy in this game. You know, Texans have the best defense in stopping tight ends, but Gronk still went out for eight receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Key throughout this whole season. Keeping him healthy, I don't know. And then you bring in a guy, Dwayne Allen. Oh, yeah, this is this is Marvin's boy right here, Dwayne Allen. Go ahead. Two targets, Mike. <laughs> you know how many receptions? Zero. Zero yards. He honestly has been a disappointment. And that's why you have seen a guy like Hollister getting some play. Unfortunately, Hollister came in the game and got whacked. Oh, he got rocked. He got <laughs> whacked bad. But I think you're going to see start seeing more of Hollister in the game. And Dwayne Allen, he was a – people, we see him as a blocker. But he was used as a pass-receiving tight end with Andrew Luck in the Colts. It just hasn't been working here with the Patriots. This use this guy to block. Please have him on the left side with Solder and double team. Because Solder's another guy who's been getting on my nerves, Mike. <laughs> he's he's been driving me crazy. I know he had a tough matchup, but he's just ever since his injuries. Have Dwayne Allen line up with Solder and block. That's it. I don't want to see him running no more routes. Block, block, block. But use Hollister and Gronk. How do you feel? I mean, we already know. Dwayne Allen hasn't really been effective in the passing game. How do you feel he's been doing with his blocking so far this season? Blocking, I mean, he's he's been all right. <laughs> but, but honestly, the Patriots haven't been using him much. This is another situation. The last couple of years, the Patriots haven't really held on to a number two tight end. I'll tell you what this is. Bennett came and gone. Uh, who they had? Scott Chandler. Scott this Chandler is exactly came and gone. what this is. This is a Scott Chandler signing. I know it's early in the season. But no, does this look this like another a, year where Dwayne Allen one year and then he's out the he, next year? Get him out. Get him out <laughs> now. He honestly has not shown me anything. You remember Scott Chandler? He came in and we, we were thinking the Twin Towers, you know. Mm-hmm. And the first couple games he was hot and then he just disappeared from this team. You can see that the Patriots – I could easily see the Patriots phasing out. I mean, like you just said, Hollister starting to get some more time, time on the yep. field, get some more snaps. And, I mean – 
two tight end set that the Patriots love to run. You know, ever since you've had the, going back to, to Aaron, Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski, the Patriots have loved that two tight end set. And they've been looking for the right peer next to Gronk over the years now. Obviously, last year it was great. It worked year. great with Bennett, but you know, the Patriots do with their money and, you know, want to keep players and years. And not even going to get into that. Bennett, you know, got his money, went to Green Bay. So the Patriots, you know, have Dwayne Allen, but. We're seeing how it's playing out, and it's not looking like it's shaking out and it's going to go past the season. But we'll see how it continues to progress because as the season goes He's on. a big dude. Just use him to block. He's dropping passes. Braden, the first game, I don't know if Brady missed him, if he wasn't running the wrong route, but it just has not looked good with Dwayne Allen. And coming in, when you see Patriots trade a fourth-round pick, Dwayne Allen, this, guy, this is not a guy that had a reputation of being a bum. Not at all. But then training camp comes, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm still learning, <laughs> still learning the offense here and there. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Dwayne Allen, but I'm tired of seeing him. I'm tired of seeing Brady throw him the ball. <laughs> if you love fantasy football, then you need to try my new favorite app, Draft. It's weekly fantasy football, but it's not like other guys. On Draft, you will play real-life snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that takes – that lasts for just one week and there's no management. Just set it and forget it. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire draft. Even takes care of your last minute injuries for you. Draft starts every couple minutes so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold hard cash. We all love money. I want to play. Drafts just start for one dollar so there's draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft, just like you can play with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app, search Draft in your app store, and join a game in minutes. Or play right in front of your computer on PlayDraft.com, whatever you want. If you were if you're going to pick a Patriots player to draft first, who would it be, Mike? Hmm, me? Give me Gronk. That's not even a question. Give me Gronkowski. You know he's probably going to hit the end zone one or two times every game. You got to give me Gronk for sure. If I had to pick Patriots, I think I'll go Tom Brady. Gronk is amazing, but we don't know about how long he can last any game. So, But this is only, you know, weekly game, so Gronk might be your best option. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, joining us, this is the New England Patriots postgame show on the CLNS Media Network. We are live here on YouTube, so if you have any questions, comments, Get at us. You know, we are willing to engage, talk, you know, discuss, whatever the case may be with whoever is viewing. I need to know from you, Marv. Talk to me. Tom Brady. This yeah. is two weeks now. This guy has had unbelievable performances. What he did last week got him the Offensive Player of the Week award. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the stats he put up today – some could argue duplicated last week or it exceeded last week. He got through five touchdowns today. I don't know if there's a quarterback who has thrown for five touchdowns so far this season. Did Alex Smith throw for five? Four. He threw for four. I don't know if there's a quarterback that has thrown five touchdowns in the game so far this season. And Tom Brady just did that today against the Houston Texans. 40. I mean, coming 40. Coming into the season, you saw how the Patriots re reloaded. You saw how they got stacked for for a 40-year-old quarterback to do this. Now, it was great. 
I wouldn't say unbelievable. I wouldn't say amazing. You know, he he had his faults during this game. He wasn't perfect. But you can't deny the stats. Like you're saying, five touchdowns, 378 yards. The guy was fearless out there. That second, that two-minute, you know, drive at the end really solidifies what you know Tom Brady can do. He's just ice cold in his veins, charged right down the field. Texans defense, they they got to Brady a couple times. It could have been a point where Brady fumbled the ball three times this oh, game. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then we're not saying the same narrative. Even in that two minute drive, Brady got Brady got sacked and, and stripped. But luckily, the offensive lineman got that. So this this script of Brady could have been flipped. You know, oh man, Brady fumbled the ball three times, and I don't know if it's because the Texans defense got to him quickly, but Brady's pocket presence wasn't really great this game he i think that's fair of the watch and the clown he's possibly coming down around the corner and, and, and popping in yeah but you usually see brady when he his pocket presence is automatic sometimes we get mad that he just drops but he knows when a sack is coming he just goes to the ground doesn't he doesn't throw the ball away he doesn't try to turn it over this week you know he he turned it over a couple times and really did not see this defense coming and then all of a sudden it started to mess with him a little bit. He started to hold it. He started to, you know, be fidgety in the pocket, you know, miss guys like we said. But compared to three years ago, I haven't really seen a decline from Brady. The guy's still zinging the ball out there. He's finding the right people. He's not overdoing it. He's taking he's taking it every play by play. He faced one of the best defenses out there and still dropped 36 points on them. This is why the Patriots got Brandon Cooks. This is why they kept Chris Hogan. You got Danny Amendola. You have Gronkowski. You tried to get Dwayne Allen to do something. You you got uh, Rex Burkhead. You got – you re-signed James White. You got weapons throughout the whole field, and Brady's utilizing him now. And if he continues this, this connection he's having with Cooks, oh, boy, oh, boy, things can get really scary. Because you see that – Cooks is opening up the lanes for everybody else. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, he only had five receptions, but some of the touchdowns to Hogan that we saw, Hogan had a big, big um, – Wide open. Wide open <laughs> because the tension's on Cooks. And we've seen that in the past two games. We've seen that Cooks might have not been great, but he's causing a lot of attention out there because of his speed. And give a lot of Texans – a lot of defenses, including the Texans, headaches. Absolutely. You know, my thing is, as we continue throughout the season, Cooks, is he going to pretty much be on that Edelman possibly 14, 15 targets a game? Or are we going to continue to see what we saw from him today? Not, you know, wasn't targeted too many times when Brady needed him, he was there. But will, will we ever get to a time in the season where Brady's just force feeding him like he was doing Edelman. I mean, obviously the other weapons are there. Gronk's still there, as long as Gronk's healthy, Amendola, Hogan, and Mitchell's coming back. Do you ever think because we all know out of all those receivers, Cooks is the most talented? Yep. Where Brady's just forcing him the ball, or do you probably see it spread out, you know, across all the receivers like it was today? Um, that's a great question, Mike, but I don't see Cooks in that role where Brady can just force feed. You know, Cooks, one, is not an inside player. If Brady's going to force feed someone's an inside player like Gronk, 
like Edelman. And even I've, I'm still a strong believer if Edelman was playing right now, he wouldn't be getting as many looks because there's so many, like you said, there's so, there's so many weapons out there now with the, the passing running backs, with Gronkowski healthy, and then the plethora of receivers. Cooks is a guy like you've seen in a two-minute drive or urgency where Brady's going to look for him more because of his speed and things like that. But throughout the game, plan whenever Brady just looks for the open guy. I really do believe that. And I Cooks is like in I don't want to compare it to I've been trying not to do as much Randy Moss and, and Brandon mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks, but he's kind of in that role as the outside guy. And Randy Moss, most of his games were five, six receptions. You know for a bunch of yards for, like for Cooks a bunch had of, today. Like, today he was never really force fed the ball. Randy Moss got his six, seven, hundred yards, touchdown or two a game. And if we could get something like that, even close to that with Cooks, that's amazing. But I can see Cooks getting five to seven catches a game. And like with a bunch of yards, hopefully a touchdown with it as well. But not a guy that's going to get you 10 receptions, 200 yards, something like that. But there, there could be games where, you know, like last week, guys were falling off. Amendola didn't play. Hogan was limping. Dorsett got hurt. But to feed Cooks the ball. True. I mean, if last week and this week were any sign or indication of what to expect from this Patriots offense, you know, they're going to be able to put up great numbers all season long. But none of that matters at the end of the day if you if you to to control, you know, what other teams are doing. Last year, you know, I think some of the things that were said about this year's defensive team could be said about last year's team. But when it came down to it, you know, they finished off the year, you know, giving up the least amount of points uh, across the NFL. This year, I know the Patriots are probably up there with the amount of points allowed per game. And as great as Tom Brady is, as great as his weapons are, you know, the receivers, tight ends, running backs, all the Brady can put up all the points in the world, all the passing yards, all the touchdowns, and drop 40 a game. But if the defense is right there giving up, you know, 40-45, it's not going to end well for the pass. You know, obviously, defense is a huge part of the game. It's great, like I said, as great as Tom Brady is. But hopefully, you know, you get a high tower back. Hopefully, you know, uh, Malcolm Butler continues to, you know, find his footing and whatnot, and he can be a solid contributor on the field for many snaps. And we can start to see some – some some similarities between this year's defense and last year's defense where it was, you know, obviously you don't have those huge playmakers, especially up front, who's probably going to get to sack a quarterback, you know, two, three, four times a game. But if it can go back to just that bend but not break mentality where you give up some plays but you're not giving up the points, that's all you can really ask for, especially with the personnel that the Patriots have this season. That's all you can really ask for, in my opinion. With, with this team, I am a little concerned, though, because – I believe in both weeks, if the team was better equipped, they would win. I think if Houston Texans had a better offense, they're beating the Patriots this week. They threw, they scored 33 points with just Hopkins as their main receiver and Watson, you know, escaping and get, throwing the ball to Griffin, who's their second tight end, not even their main tight end. Last week, you had the Saints, who have a great offense, but a horrible defense 
And then the first week, you face a team that has a balanced, good offense, good defense, and you saw what happened to this, to this Patriots team. When Patriots face teams like Kansas City or Denver, who's playing very well now, teams who are more balanced think they're going to really struggle. Mm-hmm. And until they, until they get this defense up to par, they've been lucky, you know, 33 points was dropped. Houston Texans are not going to score 30 points again this year, I believe. Maybe if they're facing, like, the Saints or something the like that. That I saw during the game, it said in the first two games of the season, points combined, and they had 20-plus against the Patriots today. It's, it's like I can say maybe one other time the, the Texans are going to score 30-plus points. It's just not going to happen. So that's very concerning that – a subpar offense was able to drop 30-something points on you. The offense wasn't great enough. True. You know, Watson still made some mistakes. They still weren't able to convert third and shorts as well. That helped us out. A balanced, a well-balanced team like we saw with Kansas City, the Patriots, able to beat the Patriots bad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to say one thing, though. Shout-out to my guy, Amek16. I'm, I'm assuming from reading your comments – that you're a uh, Texans fan, but he says, damn, they were so close to winning, but you gotta hate Brady being so clutch, man. I tell you, that's the Michael Jordan of the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, but he does agree with some of the things that, at least I was saying, that I think possibly would could be the one to break and mess up this Patriots season, as well as the offense has played, has looked, as well as Brady, as well as Brady has looked. If the defense doesn't get it together, it could be the reason why the Patriots don't reach the promised land that they, they hope to reach at the start of the season. But he did ask a question. Okay. 40-year-old Brady, looking great. Playing amazing so far. Guy's 40, obviously not getting any younger. His play <laughs> won't increase and get better. I mean, he's playing at a high level now. But do we think this is Brady's last season? I say if he keeps up what he's doing now, absolutely not. I mean – I don't see any reason why Brady would just say, hey, I'm 40, let me just call it quits. He's playing at a high level, probably tops across the stats, you know, for quarterbacks in the league right now. I don't think this is anywhere near Brady's last season. This is not Brady's last season. I mean, he's already come out and said he's not even retired this year. He's good. And who knows when he wants to retire, when he's going to retire. The better question is – his career with the New England Patriots. Woo, woo, come on, come on. I made some basketball references, <laughs> but I'm not trying to see this like a, a Paul hey, Pierce situation hey. where for the better of the team, let's trade Tom Brady for I'm, a top draft pick or some top Are the Patriots are going to hang on to Tom Brady for a couple more years when you do have a Garoppolo there that you kept? You kept this year for a reason. So that's a question, you know, further on, late, later on in the offseason. Hey, we could post that to the fans, too, the listeners, the followers, if they hey, what What's going to happen with Tom Brady at the end of this year? This, that's going to be a looming question because he's going – Tom Brady at the age of 40 is going to be judged week by week. As soon as he has a bad game, the talk is going to come. Garoppolo's right there. Garoppolo's ready. Garoppolo would have escaped those would have escaped those sacks, you know. It's Brady's finishing his career as a Patriot, and here's my personal opinion why. This is just something that kind of just came up, you know, in my head. Back to back to my basketball references again. If you look at a team like the Celtics, they got rid of Paul Pierce. 
you know, Paul Pierce got his one championship. You know, Celtic, great. But he wasn't really the foundation in the beginning of the Celtics' greatness. It, it, it began way before Paul Pierce ever played on the team. Before Tom Brady, you know, there was probably a lot of Patriot greats through the years. But before Tom Brady, the Patriots didn't really have the winning culture that they do now. He's the foundation of that win, of the winning culture that the Patriots have right now. You're not trading you Tom Brady. You don't want them to trade Tom Brady. I think as long as Robert Kraft is the owner of this team, and he knows when he came into the league, when he, you know, the Patriots and what has happened and how Tom Brady has stepped up and has led this team to five Super Bowl rings. I don't think he will ever let it happen where he just says, all right, for the better of the team. I know Belichick kind of crazy, so Belichick <laughs> might might throw that out there for the better of the team. But I really think okay. Robert Kraft will not let that happen. Quick question before we move on from this, because we could go on forever. <laughs> if Brady does decline, Mike, not retiring, you still believe the Patriots are going to – are holding on to Brady? If he declines, but he says he's not retiring. Ooh, that's a that tough question. That's things. a tough question. It's easy to keep Brady when he's performing. But 40 years old, one hit can really slow you down. Well, the thing is, I think Brady has come out and said, like, when he sucks, I think it's going to be – Brett Brady's not a Brett Favre. Brett Favre sucked for a while, and we were calling for him. It's a couple of times he retired, came back. Retired, came back. I'm sure there's a lot of people saying, that were saying, please, Brett Favre, just stay retired. Don't come back. But Brett Favre, you know, his, his, the athlete in him, the competitor in him, just kept coming back, even though he's had games where he sucked. But, hey, man, I think we'll see Brady play until he feels he can't play anymore. That's just my opinion. Okay, so it's, it's a fun discussion that we're going to – It'll continue. Gonna, it's going to continue for weeks and weeks. And, you know, the only way Brady can silence it is by performing well. That's it. That's it. But well, speaking of performing well, time for Mike. I got to watch on Mike. It's time for the <laughs> stars and sorries of the game. Oh, yeah. We talked about a lot of stars this game, Mike. Do you have one? Do you have two? Because last time you hit me with, like, a, tri a triple star. I got but two stars. Two stars. Two stars for, for the show today. First star been waiting to break out and have a huge performance and find the end zone. And not only did he find the end zone once, but he did it two times. My man, Braden Cooks, you are a star of the game. Huge performance, five receptions, 131 yards, two touchdowns, and that last touchdown to seal the victory for yeah, the Pats. Game-winning touchdown. Got to give him a star of the game for sure. Cooks was amazing. This is what we wanted to see as, a, you know, him being in New Orleans, you don't get to see, living in New England, you don't get to see the Saints too much. So you just knew he had speed, you know, but he's showing us something, making incredible tough catches. And it's great to see Cooks on this team, and it's great to see him performing well. Absolutely. Do you have a star that you want to throw in there at all? Oh, yeah. I want to give out a star too. Rob Gronkowski, like I've been saying earlier, he's so important to this team, especially with Edelman out. The guy balled 
out once again, had eight reception, 89 yards, one touchdown. And Key, he was big, big player in third downs. When Brady needed it, he went to Gronk. You know, he nasty stiff arms. He looked like the old Gronk, you know, fighting for the extra yardage. Every as a Patriots fan, when you watch it, you you kinda, you know, you hold a look you hold your breath a little <laughs> bit when you see Gronk get hit, but he looked fine this game. The groin looks good. Gronk, Gronk, Gronk. Connie did a little Gronk spike in, in the end zone there, you know, but sorry. Not the same. Not the same at all. But, yeah, I hear you. Gronk 100% playing well two weeks in a row. Stay healthy. Keep performing like you did today. And it's going to be a good season for you and the rest of the Patriots. But, you know, I got to give a huge star to my guy, Tom Brady. You know, like I said, he had an amazing week last week. And then he came out week three against Houston and balled out over 300-plus yards passing, five touchdown passes. You know, this is a guy, like we just said, 40 years old and still playing at a high level. You got to give him a start. It's highly possible he will get Offensive Player of the Week again. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But he's going to get a start a game from this show right here for sure. Guarantee that. Tom Brady, he's going to have many, many more stars of the games as he's had in the past. But Mike... When there's the good, there is the bad. And when you're bad on this show, we tell you, sorry. Hey, man. Great win. But at the same time, the offensive line looking a little shaky out there. Obviously, they were going up against some some top talent in the Watts and the Clownies and whatnot. But sacked five times. You know, did lose a fumble. Clowney picked it up, recovered it, took it back to the house for a touchdown. But offensive line, you know, led a lot of guys up. I know you say you, you're kind of getting pissed at Nate, Nate Solder right now yeah. and how he's playing. Offensive line wasn't looking pretty today. And one thing I always say, in order for Tom Brady, 40-year-old quarterback, to continue to be successful, he needs great protection. He played great, but he took a lot of hits today, and that's something – that the Patriots can't afford if they want to go deep into the season. So hopefully I don't have to give this sorry out too much. But today, offensive line, got to give you a big fat sorry. sorry. Mike, I got two sorries. I got two sorries I want to let, let out. Let me hear it. First, let me get the one I don't want to let out. <laughs> New England Patriots defense. Is it ugly? When you face a subpar offense, letting up 33 points. And the thing that got me the most upset watching this game felt like Texans were always on offense. They led the possessions 33 to Patriots 26. You can't let a team like the Texans at your home field. It was just, it wasn't pretty out there. Deshaun Watson looked like prime time Russell Wilson out there escaping the pocket making guys miss all over the place. He made some incredible throws, making guys look silly. Patriots has been struggling tackling so far. And and we just you gotta step it up. You gotta step it up. Week three. We're not gonna panic. Patriots fans don't panic. Pass nation don't panic. But right now this Patriots defense deserves a sorry. Gotta do it sometimes. My other sorry goes to the Houston Texans. <laughs> You know, they come into this year, and they're thinking, oh, Colts, no Andrew Luck, Jaguars, then Blake Bortles, 
it's finna be a breeze. <laughs> but now JJ Watts hasn't been looking the same out there. You know, the, now all of a sudden you put yourself in a hole in your division where you believe you are the best in the AFC and you you just can't beat the Patriots as hard as it is. You try, you get there, you get close, but somehow, some way, the Patriots always have your number. You got people talking about it being a rivalry, but somehow, some way, no matter how many former Patriots players you have as coaches, old coaches, staff, whatever the case may be, I think they've played a ten or eleven games now, and the Patriots are like nine and one or ten and one against the Houston Texans over the years. So. They got all the insight, all the intel, you know, got all those guys. But players, coaches. You guys, sometimes you're this close. But then the pages look in your face and tell you, sorry. <laughs> speak out again. Like, what a game. Speak it out. What a game. Hey, but before we go, one thing I do want to say and talk about really quick before we head out. Obviously, you know, some controversial comments came from the president of the United States uh, talking about players and how they protest and taking meal for the national anthem and whatnot. And the Patriots players, players across the NFL, but the Patriots players responded today by their leader, Tom Brady. You know, you had some players joining arms. You had some players kneeling on the ground. And I think today was the first time that, you know, Brady – you know, he had some comments about what had been taking place. I think he posted something on his Instagram, but he came out onto the field today. You know, he locked arms with, you know, his players, his brothers in arms. You know, players took a stand today. And, and it was it was a beautiful sight to see that, you know, it's freedom of speech. You know, we live in this great country and players were able to express themselves however they felt necessary. Yeah, um, you know, President 45 came out last, a couple of days ago and said, you know, some comments attacking players who've been taking a knee for their amendment, you know, the first right, speaking on, standing up for what they believe in. And, you know, President 45 came out saying, calling them a-hole, SOBs, SOBs, and they should be fired. And so I'm really happy to see, you know, players really coming together and showing unity, showing togetherness, showing brotherhood, and very divisive world right now where, you know, we don't, you're either on one side or you're on another. You know, kids are growing up watching TV right now, don't know what to believe. And you have their leader, the president of the United States, saying one thing, but they see, you know, people they look up to role models doing another. And I just want to say that, you know, don't let anybody tell you you can't stand up for your rights. Always fight for what you believe in. And I'm loving what I'm seeing so far in the NFL. I hope they continue, you know, showing that unity, showing that leadership, not letting anybody try to control what you should or you shouldn't do, especially when you're fighting for your rights. You're just trying to fight for something that some others can't believe in. And as an African-American, I know we are both African-Americans, and this is something that means something to means It's very important to us, especially seeing men come together as one, showing that we are some we are someone here in this world, especially in America land of the free so let us you know hey it's america freedom of speech let us let us be free let us stand (laughs) up for what we believe in you know peaceful protests nobody's trying to harm anything we just want to show unity love peace with that being said again patriots get the win over the houston texans 36 to 33 
Next week. Next week, big game. Big game. Revenge game. And I still have that game back in my head. Oh, Patriots, yeah. Patriots versus Panthers. Oh, yeah. They'll, we'll see next week how it all unfolds. One o'clock, Gillette Stadium and the Patriots. We will be here live right after the game on this very network on YouTube. Any final thoughts before we go? Great win. Exciting win. Patriots got a lot of work to do. But, hey, 2-1 doesn't sound too bad. Not bad at all. I'm Mike Molino. We will see you guys next week right after the game. Signing out.